Hi, and welcome to the Plot Twist Design Business Podcast. My name is Kelly Collier-Clark. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Claudia Steer. Claudia is the owner and principal of NW10 Interiors, located in Brooklyn, New York. Claudia is also CEO and founder of her own technology company called Rented, and she also has her own consulting business. She is a self-titled serial entrepreneur. Stay tuned and let's get started. Hi, Claudia. Welcome to the podcast today. Thanks, Kelly. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. And I'm excited. I've been actually anxious and waiting for this conversation <laughs> to come. So I'm excited to be talking to you today. So how is it today for the weather in New York? Are you all getting the rain? And Yes, ma'am. Okay. It is a dreary day in New York. Um, and I don't know if you guys have had the same sort of manic weather that we've been having, but it was definitely about 70 degrees the other day. Um, I think on Monday and it's barely 40 if, if that outside and rainy and overcast. So yeah. I am bunkered down in my home office trying to just focus on work because yes. there's no distraction outside right now. Same here. I'm dreading going to my office later outside of my house, but I have a vendor meeting. Otherwise I would not. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. same, same. So I'm really excited for you to share your journey with us. So I want to just dive right on into our conversation. Um, and can you just start us off by sharing how your journey in interior design started? Sure. Um, so if I had to pinpoint a time, um, I think the seeds of it were planted um, when I first bought a, a condo um, in DC. And I don't think I was particularly interested in interior design per se as a as a um, career choice, but I think HGT was HGTV was really really popping off around that time, okay. and um, I was like I always thought of myself as a creative person, and I was always kind of handy, um, and so now that I had a clear canvas. I used it to play. I painted that space probably about 20 times. So like it, <laughs> it, those poor walls I explored. And, you know, granted, I was definitely mm -hmm. um, house rich, cash poor um, okay. at that time. So there was very limited <laughs> things I could actually, you know, um, buy with my wine taste and beer budget. But um, yeah, it that sort of started to like, I guess, wet my appetite for like, oh, this is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was probably around, I don't know, 2006, 2000. No, no, when did I buy it? 20, 2000. Yeah, about that. 2006, seven, eight, around there. Okay. And that's when it sort of like the seed was planted. And then it just became, I can't exactly remember when, but like, as I, um, I've moved a lot. And so Every time I moved, I just took it as a new opportunity to try something new mm -hmm. in my space. 
And, you know, friends and family probably started to catch on that this was a thing and then started to ask my opinions and started to ask for me to support and come up with ideas. So it was all very, very casual mm -hmm. in the beginning. And then, there, you know, maybe five years later or so, um, I did learn I had uh, a family friend um, who was an interior designer. And so, so I started to kind of like casually pick her brain about the experience. But again, just probably more so out of curiosity. Okay. Um, yeah. So, but then, you know, the, the, it never kind of left, if that okay. makes sense. You know, it was just constantly like in the background a little bit. And when I moved to Chicago circa 2012, I was like, man, maybe this, maybe there's something to this thing because it, mm -hmm. it won't let me go. So um, I actually decided to go back to school um, and did a master's program in the evening to see if it could, you know, if there was anything to this, to this direction. And mm -hmm. that's kind of where the seed was planted. Um, you know, I did school for two years and then NW10 was formed in 2014. And as they say, uh, the rest is kind of history. <laughs> yes. So I love that story. And I do have it prompted another question, though, mm -hmm. um, because I know you are you were born and you're from London. You shared yeah. that. And so can you share how you came up with the name NW10 for yeah. your business? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Well, um, yes, NW10 is the actual zip code for where I grew up in London. Okay. And um, I think, um, yeah, the reason for that was just so much of where we're from is like baked into who we are, whether or not we realize it or not. Yes. And, um, you know, while my growing up and my childhood was you know, far from rosy. Um, I have a lot of fond mem memories um, and I can sort of trace back to how spaces and environments made me feel when I was growing up. And I, you know, there's a connection between where I felt safe, where I didn't feel safe, where I felt like I belonged. That's really rooted in my neighborhood. Okay. In, and so that, that sort of ethos is sort of carried through in NW10. Um, and yeah, that's the sort of rationale behind the name. Okay. I think that's very interesting. And I think it's nice when a business name has meaning behind it. I mean, most do, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If it's not a person's name, most do have some type of a meaning. But I, I love that story behind that. And I was curious, actually, ever since I started following you, um, and then I kind of read a hint of it, you know, in your bio, but I wanted to ask you to elaborate on that. So Yay. thanks for sharing that. Um, so about London, did you, so I know that you, you know, you came to the United States and then you moved around a bit, but did you ever go back to London for any of your design career? I have not yet. Uh, <laughs> it's all my to do. <laughs> okay. I haven't gotten around to it yet. No. Okay. Well, can you do you, so? Can you identify some of the differences that you remember from interior design? Of course, when you were a child or teenager, yeah. Yeah. you wouldn't really think about it. But what have you noticed the differences are for interiors? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I do go home very often. Uh, most of my family is still there. So I go home typically, pandemic aside, about once a year at least, usually okay. for Christmas. So I am still very connected uh, to this to the place. Um, as far as interior design goes, one, now granted I live in New York, so there's probably a little bit more similarity between New York and London than other parts of the States. Okay. Um, but one thing is that England uh, is very, and my accent might start to make appearances from time to time. I'm just gonna throw that out there because it happens. Oh, I love it. I hear it. <laughs> I love especially, especially now that we're talking about it, it, it might just slip out a little bit. So, um, but yeah, London is very, it is a very modest culture. Mm -hmm. um, it is very sort of, um, yeah, it just has a bit more of a kind of like humility to it. Um, you know, it's, they're not very outspoken or brash or, and so homes are very private, mm -hmm. um, I think. And there's there's a level of sort of simplicity to design, I would say, in England. Um, now, I, I suspect that that's changing, but it is, I feel like, a lot more simple. They also have a deeper history um, okay. and I think a reverence for history that is not always present in the U.S., you know, so they really... Mm -hmm. You know, if you look at the style of homes and the, you know, they really do honor the original architecture of things and therefore like some of the interior selections of things, you know, um, in a way that I don't think is the same in the U.S. Mm. Um, you know, um, I think there is a tendency to like want to align with the the bones of a space mm -hmm. versus veer away too far from that right so i want it if i'm in an old victorian i'm sort of going to lean into a style that i think best complements that you know okay. Okay. versus like going all the way left and doing something super modern or eclectic you know um yeah, so that's probably one thing. And I do think my love of wallpaper is probably rooted in that. Okay. Uh, England is the, like, they love them some wallpaper. Yes. I love them some <laughs> wallpaper, as you've probably seen or, you know, mm -hmm. observed. And I think some of that, um, you know, my love for wallpaper is rooted in that. Um, I hope that answers your question, but that's some of the options I see. Yeah. Yeah. It absolutely does. And I mean, it makes sense because you don't really see, at least I have not on things that I've watched or in my research have never really come across people necessarily knocking down walls to have an open floor plan right. in old England homes, right? Exactly so right. It makes sense because here, that's the first thing we want to do is change everything when mm -hmm. we walk into our new house. <laughs> a lot sure. of us, not everyone. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure, I'm sure there's exceptions, you know, but sure. by and large, you know, like I have a my my closest cousin just bought a home and the design decisions he made, I was surprised. I'm like, you know, he's our age and mm -hmm. um, but still wanted a very sort of classic traditional vibe to complement the home. Um, so yeah, it was very telling. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's definitely a thing. 
Okay. And it's so funny that about what you said about New York, right? How you referenced um, the modesty and certain things. What mm-hmm. came to my mind is that one time at market, somebody said they thought I was a New York designer. And I mm-hmm. said, what made you think that? And they said, because I basically had on all black and most yeah. designers dress, you know, flamboyant or with color. Right. And I cracked up because I was like, well, I guess I might just be like a New Yorker because that's pretty much most of my wardrobe is black, right. white, and gray. But, you know, it, it's just funny because some people obviously do identify that even in fashion and you know that runs through with um, design. Yep. Um, so, Claudia, how would you describe your personal aesthetic and design? This is going to sound really weird. Um, but I don't, I don't quite know how to describe it. Um, my, my personal experience with design has been so like exploratory for such a long time, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, when I move into a new space, a lot of times I'm like, Hmm, what can I do? That's cool. And I haven't tried before Mm -hmm. versus it actually being, what do I like and what would I do for my space? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so as a result of that, I've actually changed my spaces a bunch of times because I think I'm still kind of discovering that. Um, that said, my most my apartment now, um, I made a conscious effort to make it feel like me. Um, mm-hmm. And I do think that I probably have a more masculine leaning aesthetic. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not a girly girl. So okay. those, you know, things don't, um, I'm not drawn to super duper feminine, um, mm-hmm. you know, design elements. Mm-hmm. That said, I all with this, my recent apartment, I did make a conscious effort to sort of explore femininity defined on my terms versus feeling like I had to fit into a particular box and Mm -hmm. what that meant, you know? Mm -hmm. So what, so for example, I absolutely had to have a uh, Eames lounge chair, this go round. Like I have for a really long time, um, a replica because the way my coins are set up, you know, but it's, it's paired with like a super streamlined taupe sectional with like pink throw pillows, you know? Okay. So, so I like to sort of blend or, you know, create contrast between the masculine and feminine. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that doesn't always fit into mid-century modern or contemporary or transitional. It's okay. just a blend of things to me. Um, but it probably skews more contemporary than traditional, if I'm being honest. Okay. And that makes sense because a lot of us that do subscribe to heaven and aesthetic, it's usually more, it's usually a blend of more than one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I don't ever hear people say too much. All they like is just modern or, right. you know, country or, you know, not country, but, you know, um, so I think it makes sense. And I will share that I totally get it about um, not being a girly girl mm-hmm. because I typically am not either. 
Right. And it's not a secret. I've blogged and talked about it on Instagram that I don't wear dresses often. So mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how excited I was when I realized wearing sneakers with dresses is a trend. Oh, man. <laughs> Life saving. Life saving. Okay. That, yes. that is the uniform sometimes. <laughs> for me, I grew up with a big brother. So mm-hmm. charge it to the game. <laughs> Same. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm the girl. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so those are the things like you mentioned early on, they are our upbringing and home and childhood that all makes us who we are. So it makes sense. Um, now, I do want to switch gears for a moment because I cannot get through the rest of the episode without talking about your project, Issa Rae's um, Airbnb. Right. So, I mean, I don't even know where to start, but <laughs> how yeah. was that experience for you? And just can you share how the project came about? Sure. Um, so I know one of the things, one, it came about because of God's favor first. Amen. Uh, that is some things just don't make sense. I'm not going to put it on on my abilities or anything like that. Some things are just serendipitous and God is working behind the scenes. And I think this was one of those moments and you'll see why in a second. So um, a friend of mine um, is Airbnb is her uh, client and they do projects and, you know, production and experiential stuff for Airbnb all the time. And um, she actually, and I'm going to talk about the timing here because it's important. She hit Mm -hmm. me up in December, like, December 20th around there, like, hey, girl, hey, uh, I need your help. (laughs) I'm like, okay. She's like, I know I hate to do this, but I'm in a bind. Um, I'm working on this project uh, with Airbnb and Issa and the designer we hired isn't cutting it. And I was like, wait, what now? Um, and they're like, yeah, we've gone a bunch of rounds. The client isn't happy and we're a bit concerned. And we, we know this is a Hail Mary, but we were wondering if you could help us out. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, tell me more about the client. And she tells me what's going on and who it is. And I'm like, okay, tell me when this is going to be installed. Mm -hmm. It's December 20th. Okay. She, she's like, yeah, so we're looking to load in about January 6th. Excuse me. <laughs> right. So what now? And she's like, "Yeah, I know it's crazy." And I'm like, "Ma'am, uh, it's December twentieth. Like, what? What?" Um, she's like, "I know." And I was like, "Okay. Well, this is you know." And then we talked about the details and whatever. And I was like, "Okay. Well, when do you have to present ideas to the client?" Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, "Yeah, two days from now." What? <laughs> I was like, y'all are wilding. Um, I was like, I'm going to need. So at this point, I'm like, okay, uh, what, what, what's possible, you know? Um, but, you know, I said, yes. I was like, sure. Get, I need three days. not two days. Let me, let me try and see what I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the process, they were like, yeah, the client, um, you know, is sort of looking for this sort of aesthetic. The way they described the brief was actually perfect. It was okay. It was 70% rich auntie. Okay. And 30% bougetto 
is how they described it. Love it. And I said, say less. I got this. I could do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's our language. Oh, yes. Perfect. The perfect brief. And so um, I said, okay. And I was like, yeah, they were also, they were like, yeah, the client sent us a picture of something she saw on Instagram. Um, and this is kind of the vibe she's going for. And I said, okay, send, send me the image so I can get a sense of where she's trying to play. Mm -hmm. Kelly, would you believe that it was a screenshot of the salon that I did in Brooklyn about a year ago? Wow. Wow. I know you had to just be floored. And yeah. did your friend even know that? No, no. Wow. They didn't. Oh my I, didn't goodness. Even, I don't even think I posted about that project. So mm. I was like, y'all are lying. This isn't the picture. This is not what the client told <laughs> you. They were like, yeah. I was like, guys, that's my work. And wow. that's what I'm saying. I'm getting all like emotional about it. But I'm, I'm like, getting chills right now. I was like, that's what I mean when favor ain't fair, because yep. there are millions, yes. millions of people and images on Instagram and me and my 1200 followers at the time uh, in a project that I didn't even post and the stars aligned like that. And I'm like, only God. So if there was any confirmation that this project was mine, that was it. You know? Okay. How um, how better than them to come through for her than to find you? Yeah, it was just wow. Yeah, you know, it was crazy. So that was the craziest two weeks of my life because <laughs> three, you know, three days designing and then getting client approvals. The client approved everything on the 23rd, and I spent Christmas Eve buying all the furniture, like legitimately shopping wow. all day, all Christmas Eve for these items, hoping and praying to sweet baby Jesus that stuff would get there by the 6th of January. Okay, <laughs> yes. I know you know how crazy that is. Okay. Yes, like, I do. Even if this were not a pandemic and it was just over Christmas, this would be borderline impossible. Mm -hmm. um, but God, you know, and so, uh, yeah, I also got COVID over Christmas. Oh, so, wow. Um, I ended up having to push out, you know, um, the time that I went to LA for okay. because I had to clear my 10 days and all that good stuff. So that also amplified just the kind of pressure, um, for this particular project. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, with the, it ended up getting pushed out a couple of days where I think we had maybe an extra five, six days for install. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, girl, I flew out there on <laughs> January 7th. Uh, the shoot was on January 12th or 13th. Okay. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of how that sucker came to be. Um, and then as far as, um, Issa's involvement, you know, her team, she wasn't, I didn't necessarily, unfortunately, get to interact with her personally, especially this is the height of like the Omicron surge. So mm -hmm. there were lots of limitations on how many people could be on site and all that sort of stuff. Right. Okay. Um, and so, but her people, you know, were approving things or tweaking things and we were communicating with them, just tightening up the, the vision. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was a whirlwind Kelly, a whirlwind. This project from start to end was about three weeks from 
concept to install. Mm, 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 that's record breaking. Ma'am, <laughs> that's when I, when I tell you God, like, <laughs> nothing else makes sense. Like yep. it doesn't. So, but it was so exciting and so thrilling and it demonstrated that I'm possible and capable of doing much more than I ever thought. Like if you had asked me a year ago, mm -hmm. I'm like, that's impossible. It's not mm -hmm. possible to do that, you know? Um, but, you know, growth moment for sure. Yeah, for sure. And who was going to say no? I mean, <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the reassurance that you could rise to the occasion besides hearing the the um, aesthetic that she wanted. Mm -hmm. I mean, that picture definitely had to feel like you said confirmation that I got this. Yeah, for sure. For you know. Sure. So I, well, you know, I posted and shared and was so excited when I saw that because of mm -hmm. course I had no clue. Yeah. Um, you know, but I did feel the pressure of you know meeting a deadline. So yeah. I think that's just amazing. Congratulations again! Hey, thank you. Yeah, because I was definitely in your inbox, like, uh, "Hey, girl, <laughs> hey, uh, so about these things? You think I could get it in three days?" Uh, um, but for this, and especially given that it was Issa, um, mm -hmm. and the fact that she is pretty much the ambassador for celebrating everybody black. Mm -hmm. It was really, really important for me to support women and support Black women as much as I humanly could on this. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I really, really made the push to wherever I could um, and whoever I knew was doing things and, you know, to bring them into the fold. Because, you know, once one of us rises, we we all rise. So it, it was really important for me to share, share this moment uh, with as many other people that I could. Yeah, well, I'm telling you, you had me in tears <laughs> because, <laughs> I mean, just for you first and foremost, but also just the smallest involvement at all, even if it is for um, any type of decor accessories, because when we start things, it's a dream, right, yeah. that we're yeah. planting our seeds in, mm -hmm. and the fact that the goal was for other designers to also shop, you know, the website yeah. and I mean, I I don't think before this, I had not shipped anything to California yet. I did ship something to California after. So I really didn't realize how much time ground UPS could actually take. take. Yeah. Yeah. So I was stalking that tracking number <laughs> and I still had no clue it was for a celebrity, even though it didn't matter. It was for you. You know right. what I mean? So for yeah. me, the urgency was helping another designer get what she needs yeah. when she needs it. So it was just such a great experience. Um, so, yeah, I, I know you'll be that's going to be a highlight in your career for sure <laughs> for years to come. <laughs> sure, sure. It was definitely one for the books. One yeah. for the books. So while we're on topic of, you know, being featured and things like that, because I saw features came out of that, I do want to talk about one of your many publications, which was in Essence Magazine, because that's kind of another dream for Black women. Like, yeah. You know, that's the magazine we grew up reading. Mm -hmm. um, so how did that article, you know, how did that come about for you? Again, like so many things, Kelly, like are just. God's hand in things for me. I, I don't really wow. know how to explain that. Um, it's um, I get someone that I met in another life, right? Where mm -hmm. I, I met, um, her name is Stacy. I met Stacy like in a professional development course that I was taking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we connected, we kept in touch. And I told her that I was 
working on this and just trying to improve my visibility a little bit. And, you know, did she have any suggestions? And I think she might have worked for BET at the time. Don't hold me to that. And she's mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, I have a I have a contact. She's an editor at Essence. Drop her a note and write a pitch and see what she says. And it turned out, I believe she had also done the same professional development program. So mm -hmm. she was very much inclined to just help. And wow. so she's like, write it up. And I'll find a place to put it. And that was really how that happens. Um, wow. And I, you know, it's, you know, I don't really, you know, I guess I kind of took that a little, I don't know if you say took it for granted, but I was surprised. You don't know how many people are going to see it, mm -hmm. um, anything like that. But what I'm <laughs> learning is that you plant seeds. That's yes. it. That's all you can do. And yes. you water them and grow. And that may not come to harvest today or tomorrow or next week, but these things just have a way of like connecting down the road or over time. And, you know, that leads mm -hmm. to bigger things. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think that was one of those moments. Well, you just dropped a few gems. I want to just pinpoint because first of all, it started like the whole idea of planting seeds is real. I definitely believe in that for mm -hmm. sure. And definitely I'm a firm believer in God, you know, being in control and favor. Mm -hmm. However, you also did work because I also also talk about faith without works is dead a lot, yes. you know, but it started with you being in a, a development program, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you were putting in work for yourself and yeah. then, you know, closed mouths don't get fed. You asked somebody. Sure. Sure <laughs> <Right? it is. laughs> so, and it just led from there. So it's some steps that people shouldn't miss mm -hmm. because I think a lot of people sometimes live in a bubble and I'm in I, myself included we all yeah. get those moments where we are in this bubble where we feel like we're um on a world by ourselves, and we don't always reach out or talk to others and stuff like that so right. it's power in doing that though definitely definitely and I'm learning that so much more now um probably than I ever have um so complete alignment with you on that yeah. So I'm I'm excited to hear stories like that. And there are still some of us who actually like physical magazines and mm -hmm. we read. <laughs> so, you know, I'm sure quite a few people read those are that article and they do see it. So congrats and kudos on that. Because being in print is a big deal. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. And so just to switch gears a little bit, I want to talk more a little bit about the the business side of things. So yeah. What would you consider maybe being the most challenging part in running your own design firm? Oh, ma'am, how much time we had? <laughs> um, three. Because, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> because I am really in the throes of it right now. Um, mm -hmm. Like you, I don't know, you know, I think from your story, like when something just starts as like a passion and a dream, mm -hmm. um, in our space, it really revolves around the interiors um, and, and all the creative part of it. And school does not adequately prepare you for what is probably the, 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 the meat of, of the business, which is all the operations and logistics around it. Mm -hmm. you know um and to me i am i believe i am a visionary right i mm -hmm. am the big ideas come up with the ideas all the things when it actually gets down to the granular nuts and bolts that is not my ministry um, <laughs> that, is, that is not where god's 
where, where all the 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 uh the talents uh were placed uh in in my life but and so that's been a very steep learning curve for me um i've been able to sort of get by when the projects are small right a bedroom mm -hmm. here a living room here you know maybe a studio apartment then you know you can wing it and mm -hmm. super disorganized or whatever and it not necessarily you know, be a deal breaker. Mm -hmm. But as these projects get bigger um, and then I'm having to juggle many of them at the same time and I'm still a one woman show. Yeah, uh, that, <laughs> is, that is the real challenge right now. So I'm actually going through it, like trying to reimagine my process, mm -hmm. um, figuring out the best tools to help me do my job easier um, where I can outsource, um, where I can, you know, you know, optimize or find shortcuts for certain things. Uh, I think for me, that has been the challenging part. Um, because Kelly, to be honest, I know some people start with a vision and do a business plan and all of that stuff, but mm -hmm. I don't think I even really got to that point with NW10 um, because it was it was just a side thing for so long that mm -hmm. I, I hadn't really saw myself necessarily like doing it full time and it being a thing mm -hmm. until and that kind of has just come to surface maybe in the past year and a half or so mm -hmm. and now I'm like oh crap this is actually growing I right. probably figure out where I want it to go and what I want it to do. Um, but I hadn't really been in that mind space up until recently. Um, so now I'm sort of scrambling to figure it out. So circling back to your question, like the logistics and operations mm -hmm. of the business is really, really um, a steep learning curve. And I think that the heart, the, the challenge for me and you know, it's even more amplified when you think about just the climate that we're having to operate in right now. Oh, I mean, yes. It's just a mess. So, so yeah, that's, that's where, what is the, the biggest, you know, growing pains for, for me. in the Okay. Business. And that's relatable because honestly, that's the part most of us don't like. It's the part that is not the fun part, Man. Right? not the creative part. Right. And you're absolutely right. I, I did not, but I did take design courses and I have a design third but that um those courses I took at Temple mm -hmm. they were great for a foundation did not prepare for running a business that's something that we have to dig in our tool belt for yep. or go to go to other training and mentorship and you name it <laughs> for right. um, that part but exactly. I appreciate your transparency and very much my I mean I'm still probably where you were a year and a half ago with it seeming like a side business, but it's actually still a full-time business. Yeah. We just don't realize it. I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it. great. That's a good observation for you sure. You know, we don't think about it until people actually say it to us because I never really cared for the word side hustle mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. because I feel like that sounds very much like you're just out here doing whatever. Right. Right. Um, but it, it is even if it's a side business, it's a business. And um, it's just that we were doing something else. And I still am. So it's yeah. like 
I can totally see how you would feel that way because when I hear some of my de design friends talk about um, projections for the business for the year, right? Yeah. What, are you, what are you gonna make? I haven't done that. Nope, no ma'am. Right, I'm so totally I'm glad to hear it's not just me, <laughs> but I need to start. We need to start, Claudia. <laughs> same, same, same. This is the first year where I'm like, okay, um, I probably should pay myself a salary. Uh, right. <laughs> Should probably, you know, like just some of those like foundational things like projections, like mm -hmm. the type, how many projects do I want? What type of projects do I want? How am I going to go get them? You know, mm -hmm. really started to think about the business like holistically. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, is and yeah, is where I'm at right now. So I, I can totally co-sign on that. Yeah, and I think it's actually a blessing to be able to identify it and know it because I was stumped at the top of the year with not only losing someone close to me, but also realizing like, I'm not in a place to set any goals. I still need to focus on the lessons I learned from last year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So the pressure of setting goals in January, I took it off myself yeah. um, for that very reason, because it's like, okay, this is pivotal. It's like, you know, before I set a goal, let me redo these, this process, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. the contracts. So, yeah. Um, and so I guess this leads me to a little bit of a different part of our business, which is marketing a bit and in Instagram and what, how we use it. So um, I've seen something in your story before that promoted this question, mm -hmm. but I wanted to know if you could share your philosophy on having Instagram presence, you know, following other designers versus uh -huh. using this as a marketing tool or, you know, networking and social, how do yeah. you do that? That's a great question, Kelly. Um, and like many things, I think I'm still figuring it out. Okay. Um, I, one thing I do say about myself is that I am in the industry, but I'm not of the industry and I'm, kind of very proud of that um, because mm -hmm. there's a lot of the industry behaviors and tendencies that I don't align with and I don't mm -hmm. prescribe to. Um, and so I am very cautious of how much of that I buy into. Okay. Uh, I also see similarities. I worked in advertising for a long time. I was in a strategy executive for about 13, 14 years. Um, and there are some similarities of behaviors that you see in advertising and marketing mm -hmm. that start to mimic themselves in, in, in interior design. And I, I don't care for them. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I, I'm very cautious about where I sort of, where the connective tissue lies between myself and the industry and where I'm consciously deciding not to engage. Okay. And some of that is still, I'm still exploring. Um, but I think it has impacted the way um, that my social, how I engage on social and how I'm using social media and some of it I'm still figuring out. So, mm -hmm. so for example, I find it, the industry is just very pretentious. I, mm -hmm. I don't know how else to say it. Like mm -hmm. it's got this sort of air of exclusivity. They really thrive on that. Um, you know, this idea that it's not for everybody and it's a luxury thing and there's, which some of it is very, it's still true, but there's mm -hmm. a, there's an attitude and an approach that I can't relate to. 
um, mm-hmm. and I don't associate with because it's not aligned with my own values. Mm-hmm. So I'm very cautious about that. Um, another thing I observe is I find it to be very cliquish. Mm, very and, um, you know, who's the in crowd? Who are the cool kids? Who are the cool designers <laughs> that everyone wants? You know, and that the advertising industry was very similar. And yeah. it was something I, I do take, I don't feel comfortable in that um, or prescribing to that. So... Um, I don't necessarily think my approach to date has been the most effective where it's just a, I'm a, I'm a, a bit of a stiff arm uh, to, to the industry a little bit. Um, and I think I need to find a better, better way to integrate myself in a way that feels more comfortable. But some of these observations have really kept me at bay um, because they just, they just don't feel good to me or are aligned with my values or what I, I value. Um, so when it comes to, but then the other part is I am a very competitive person mm-hmm. um, by nature. And I think some of that is good and some of it is bad. And I'm, while I'm working on, you know, dealing with what, why that matters and, you know, why it's been something that I identify with, mm-hmm. uh, I also know not to do things that trigger sides of me that aren't necessarily healthy or productive. Okay. Um, and one of those things is following other people. Um, it is, and designers um, and people in the industry, it's just so easy, just Instagram in general, mm-hmm. like to fall into the trap of comparison, yeah. you know, who's lost weight, who's snatched, who's not, who's <laughs> yes. not this, who's not, who got the biggest project, who's got the newest deal. Like, it's just so hard. If you're going to inundate yourself with all that content all the time, mm-hmm. and it doesn't serve me, you know, because I know how I am right now. Okay. So I am really selective about where I engage um, and who I follow and how much I consume, if I'm being totally honest, you mm-hmm. know, um, mm-hmm. because I need to make sure that I'm in the best space to do what I do best without having to worry about what everyone else is doing. I want to run my race. I want to find my own lane. I believe in an abundant world. There's more than enough for every single yeah. person to contribute. Exactly. So I don't really have to concern myself too much with what other people are doing. Um, you know, so that's kind of been my MO. Mm-hmm. Um, I think to my detriment though, like I haven't created as much connection within the industry yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm working on that. But I'm I want to find a way to do it that feels authentic to me, um, that feels genuine and is sort of rooted in like creating meaningful community, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and I haven't quite figured out how to do that yet. Um, I have had some great connections off of Instagram friends turning to real friends in the mm-hmm. industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've there's been great connections, resources shared. And some people are genuinely builders, you know? Yes. And connectors. And it, it is, it's great when it works well like that. Um, yeah. I just haven't fully optimized it. Um, and I need to be more intentional about it, if I'm being honest. Yeah. You, you just preached an entire sermon. Because <laughs> <laughs> as you're talking, I'm downloading, right? And... Mm. It's so, I'm, I'm literally thinking as I'm talking, but 
everything you just described, I observed almost immediately when mm-hmm. I walked into the industry because I came, you know, I mean, my my background is corporate over 20 mm-hmm. years and you know what that's like. So yeah. Yeah. as soon as I started the page, and by the way, I never had a public anything. So I have this private Instagram page for myself that still exists with 200 followers. Okay. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> so that's we're gonna right. talk more about that offline because I'm struggling. Uh, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so I go from that to taking this literal, literal huge leap of faith, sharing mm-hmm. this Z Gallery table, mm-hmm. and not really caring much about what everybody else is doing, but wanting to see and learn and know what everybody's mm-hmm. doing. Right. So I could I, my my goal was like I need to understand how this game is being played. Right. 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 And right, so right, when right. I saw really quickly, we shared with each other how we went to uh, market for the first time alone. And when I went in 2019, it was just like, wow, this mm-hmm. is the mecca for this whole industry, right? And then I see panels with only one brown person on the panel discussions. Yep. And I'm like, yep. oh, this is corporate. <laughs> so then yep. I'm like, oh, this is political. So it's like so many things that I can identify with. But I had to get to a point where I just felt like I'm going to show up as myself in my yep. corporate life. I always volunteered. I always have done more than one thing. So mm-hmm. this is just me showing up as me. But of course, people don't know you, right? They only right. know the chapter that you're showing. Right. So right. I've got a lot of errors and feelings like who does she think she is? And mm-hmm. who she, she can't even design it. You know, certain things. And it's yep. like, you know, one day you're friends with a person or Insta friends. And next thing you know, you don't talk to them anymore. And it's yep. for me, I don't care. I'm just yeah. going to say that. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't care. But I feel like if because I know I lead from a genuine place. Right. Right. So I, I can totally relate with everything you said. And I do feel like it's good to hear somebody else say the things that I, I talked about with people before, like. Why do you even care what other people are doing? Don't compare yourself to them or, you know, certain things. But truthfully, we do kind of care. Mm-hmm. Natural for us, right? So I so get just wired in the human experience, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, but to your point and everything that you said, I totally relate to that. I totally understand it. And I respect it uh, greater than anything. Um, and I thank you for being transparent because a lot of times people won't share, right? You know, their true feelings about Instagram and Instagram is a big part of where I know a lot of my clients have come from Instagram Um, and and people want to buy into you. One of the marketing um, trainings I took, you know, it talked about how you don't, and this was kind of on a real estate side, but I applied it to both businesses because it made sense. Um, Mm -hmm. But it talked about nobody wants to see all sales up and down your page. Right. And you know this from your background. So people mm-hmm. do want you to be personal. They yeah. want to be able to relate to you. I had a client tell me she was waiting for me to come back from my honeymoon in Aruba. And she only knew that because I shared it in my story. Right. <laughs> but right. people are watching and they're happy for you. They cry when you cry. It's like mm-hmm. these people really want to connect with you. And when I say these people, these are our clients um, and perhaps future friends or whoever is watching mm-hmm. But it's it's a it's it's boundaries because of course we're not going to share everything. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But, so even finding that is a struggle point for me sometimes. It sure is, and I'm sure you've noticed. I mean, since the Easter thing, I've I've tried to get better about being consistent about 
content and mm -hmm. posting. And it's been a really big struggle for me um, mm -hmm. personally. Um, and I think for people in my generation where, you know, these tools were purely personal vehicles, mm -hmm. you know, and they've now morphed into how you build and develop brands. And that transition hasn't been easy, mm, no. um, you know, because then you have to find your voice, you know, what, what do you share? What do you not? What's your point of view? How does that feel different than what's already out there? And trying mm. to figure out that then, I mean, there's pe people that do that as a full-time job by themselves. And as a, you know, entrepreneur, a solopreneur, you're trying to figure out that while still running an interior oh. business, while still closing deals, while still, yes. you know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's been a challenge. Mm -hmm. um, and I've just committed to like doing the best I can um, mm -hmm. and treating it as a bit of like an experiment and adventure and taking the pressure off of myself to be perfect in this thing. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, because it's it's tough. It's it's a lot um, yeah. that we're balancing. Um, but yeah, that's that that like you said, where does the personal stop and start? And mm -hmm. you know, that's definitely been conversations that I've been having with myself recently. So I totally get that. Yeah, it's almost like for me. So I'm I'm not necessarily competitive per se, but I am competitive with myself, meaning. Mm -hmm. I made a vow to myself. Well, first of all, when I started my business, I asked God to use me to help people in mm -hmm. the process, right? Mm -hmm. And I also decided I'm not going to work harder for my corporate company than I'm going to work for myself, which mm -hmm. was a big challenge because that means I got to get up earlier to post for myself or take the, the coffee breaks I used to take to talk on um, you know, the phone or go to somebody's cubicle days I was in the office. Now those breaks and lunch breaks are all for me and my business. Yeah. yeah. And it's a lot of discipline, as you know. And so the race for me, like you said, something I always say a lot too, is my race. This is my race. I'm not yep. trying to challenge nobody but Kelly. Yep. <laughs> so mm -hmm. and it's like the even with um reels, for example, the stuff that I post, I mean the goal is for me, I wanted to do influencing as well. Okay. I know I had to like learn what are they looking for? So now you kind of become this content creator almost yes. or yeah. try to. Right. And it's it, it wears you out. I honestly second guess a lot of things every other day. I'm not going <laughs> to lie because I'm like, girl, I'm tired. Yes. Yes. And it's right. work. Content yes. is work, especially if it is not your craft like mm -hmm. these reels and the time you've got to spend on the ads mm -hmm. editing mm -hmm. it's a lot it yeah. is a lot of work um yeah. and it's all all essential you know it um, is. so yeah I'm, I'm right there with you it is um so I know we have a little bit more to go through but I do mm -hmm. I do want to ask about rented because that's yeah. something that I've read about and I would love to hear you share more about what service that is that you offer sure um, so it's funny, rented's in a bit of a transitional space right now, but I'll I'll tell you like the vision for it and where it came from. Mm -hmm. um, so I have I have been a homeowner. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a bit of a it's can be an overrated experience. Um, yeah. I think it's it's sold to us as like the end all be all, and it isn't always. Uh, there's a lot of responsibility and burden that comes with that, but. The reason why I, I've also rented most of my life. And what I noticed was that 
essentially as a renter, you're kind of treated like, like half of a citizen a little bit when it comes to your space, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, well, you kind of are kind of conditioned to believe, well, it's not mine. Mm -hmm. So I can't do this. I can't do that. Blah, blah, blah. And I think what ends up happening is that, you know, renters don't then miss out on the benefits that come along with feeling like you belong in a space. You know, so there are millions and millions of people who essentially go without this benefit that homeowners have the benefit of experiencing. And in my mind, that isn't a that shouldn't be based on haves versus have nots. That to mm-hmm. me is like a deep human need. Mm-hmm. I need to feel safe somewhere. I need to feel like I belong somewhere. I need everyone should have that. And so um, rented came about because I was like, there's gotta be a better way to do this. Mm-hmm. And it's not always about price. So, um, the assumption is, well, renters are not going to pay for that. Um, okay. you know, that is the assumption I am rented exists to challenge that assumption. Um, I think it is and something that people are investing in, but it still has to be done in a way that makes sense for renters. And that's what I'm trying to build. So rented is ultimately going to be a tech platform um, that delivers interior design in a way that makes sense for renters. Um, So it's going to be, it's a tech, it's a startup that has, um, you know, whose end result is the interior design, but it's really rooted in technology. Okay. If this makes sense, right? So the rented is going to compete against the works, the likes of like Havenly and Modsy, um, okay. you know, those sort of characters mm-hmm. um, and just find a better way to do it. Um, okay. Because so many of rented's, because what, um, and this is what connects rented to NW10, like, Part of what creates belonging is when it feels personal. And mm-hmm. what ends up happening with the Modsies and Home Polish, or Home Polish isn't around anymore, but Havenly, is that it just feels very commoditized and cookie cutter. You yeah. know? And I've almost, I would say maybe 50% of rented clients have tried those services. And it's like, so I bought the fancy sofa i bought the west elm coffee table but this still doesn't feel like home to me Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and so rented is trying to fill that gap like sofa is a sofa on many levels that's not what's going to make you feel (laughs) right you know what i'm saying and so rented is trying to figure out how do you do that but in a way that is economical or and more efficient using technology so that's what that's going to be Um, it isn't a, you know, but that requires lots of startup money, uh, to build apps (laughs) and build thing tech, you know, platforms. And so, yeah, it's in a bit of a, a little bit of a holding pattern right now, but that's the vision for it. Again, just trying to provide an experience I feel very passionate about Mm -hmm. to people I deserve that I believe deserve to have it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's brilliant, Claudia, because, and it's a great observation as well. Um, because I've started out as a homeowner rather young, mm-hmm. but because of the way my life started, as I shared earlier before we started this conversation, but um, I've also rented, and mm-hmm. every time I rented, 
I felt like this is my home. I'm going to decorate how I want. I'm going to yep. do what I want. I'm paying X, Y, Z for this space. Right. And within respectful boundaries, <laughs> I'm going to make yep. it everything I want it to be. That is me. You know? That is me. I call mm-hmm. myself a rebel renter because <laughs> I do the most, the <laughs> most in my spaces. But right. up, but it's my. it's so funny. Like, think about it, Kelly. Like, in New York, you pay $2,000 a month for an apartment. That's $24,000 a year. For someone to tell you that you can't paint a wall, that you can't make it feel like yours. What else are you, this is the most expensive thing Mm -hmm. most people are paying for. That's right. And and with all these restrictions and limitations, it it don't sit right with my spirit. I just. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you. And I also, as a, as a realtor, people assume that I am like this advocate. You must own a home, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's respective of who you are and what your preference is, because trust me, the last time I rented prior to this third house I'm in now, yeah. I enjoy not having to fix a thing. Um, <laughs> I that's enjoy cool. being a renter for a while. And I'm telling you, yep. it's, you know, and even just, yeah, it, there's a lot of that stuff that people don't talk about. Mm-hmm. And I, I think like you, I got in, I owned a home. I think I bought when I was 25. Mm-hmm. maybe and it was just too soon but it was what I thought I was supposed to do I graduated yeah. I got a decent job it's what you do next and you know what I mean and so but the burden yeah financially when something gets fixed ain't no one coming to fix it you got to pay for it yeah. clients breaks down you got to replace it and while I do think it is a vehicle for wealth development it is not the only vehicle for wealth, a pool, you know, and I think people just need to think about it a bit harder than, you know, checking off a box because yeah. that's what society says we should be doing. I agree a hundred percent. Um, and then the other thing too, is that now, and this, the, the generation now that's coming after us, mm-hmm. um, which is my daughter's generation I'm referring to. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> it's a lot, it's different pressures that they're dealing with that we necessarily didn't. And so my daughter in particular talked about, you know, buying a house. And I said, well, you, you're out of college now, but you decided to be an entrepreneur until you file taxes for a few years. You're not going to buy a house. Right. Right. But it's nothing wrong with renting to get your feet wet. You might want to come back home. You know what I mean? Right. And the, the deal for us is that when I move, which hopefully will be soon if this market can give me some, some grace <laughs> right. um, is to let her come back to this current house and be here for a while and, yeah. and just take over the mortgage here. Because I mean, it's a whole nother story about normalizing, setting our kids up. And so, I, yep. Yep. I guess it's something I want to do, but at the end of the day, it's, it's I, my goal is take the pressure off because mm-hmm. trust me, it's not what it's cracked up to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it is great. But at the end of the day, it's just, and it definitely shouldn't define who you are. And I told her, please, we are replacing those plastic blinds with those folk with the nicer faux wood blinds because right. you care about how your space looks. Right. It's a balance, but it's, I love that concept and I can't wait to see it come to fruition. So Thank um, you. Yeah. And so in the interest of time, before we end, I do want to yeah. ask if you have advice that you would like to share with designers who are just getting started or who are thinking about, you know, trans transitioning from a corporate job. Yeah. Um, that's a great question. Um, 
as far as a transitioning to corporate from corporate, excuse me, mm-hmm. I would say to try and do as much as you can while you're employed. Um, I think there is a glorification of entrepreneurship that is unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, yo, it is not, it is not all sugar and cream over here. Um, it, it's, it's, difficult. Mm-hmm. And I, I quit my job in 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, if I could do it again, I would, I would have done it differently. You know, okay. I would have, you know, I think learned a bit more, you know, I have definite embarrassing design stories where I felt overwhelmed and I ghosted clients and cause I just didn't know what to do. I felt out of sort, like there are some bad, you know, those mm-hmm. dark days when you're like, am I doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. Can I do like, and some of that was rooted in, um, you know, me being in a financial position where I felt like I had to do certain things. Mm, okay. Um, you know what I mean? And when you, when you jump out prematurely, you're doing things for funding um, mm-hmm. versus what actually feels right or feels like, what you need to be doing at that juncture in your transition, you know? Okay. And so I would definitely suggest like, be honest with yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and, and take stock of like what you're good at right now Mm -hmm. um, and help have that help guide you on the path to transitioning. Um, So if you're real terrible at time management now, it doesn't get better when you have right. nobody telling you what to do. It's worse yes. because you have no discipline. So right. if you can't manage, if you already, you know, you've carved out three hours an evening to work on your design thing, but you're actually spending an hour and a half on Netflix and then spending another hour and a half. It doesn't get better when you have a full 24 hours to yourself because right. you haven't exercised the discipline. So one, yeah, I really would encourage people to just like really self-evaluate mm-hmm. and, you know, take take your time um, in transitioning uh, because it is not it is not glorious on the other side when it's like do or die on mm-hmm. decisions like there's so much comfort in the security of I still got a paycheck coming whether or not I bomb this client or not uh, yes. that goes away when you're out on your own. So that's one thing I would say there. Um, As far as um, advice to younger designers or does it, you know, I say younger designers, newer designers, that's probably better. Um, I would say, um, what advice would I give? This is such a good question. I don't think I've ever thought about it. I think I would say, Jump in and see how it turns out. Mm -hmm. Um, You would be surprised how much you can do. um, You know, so much. I think so much of in design is like, how how can I be proactive? How can I think on the fly? How can I think about out of the box solutions? How can I, when things go wrong, as they always will, how am I problem solving, (laughs) right? And some of those things, like I said, school doesn't adequately prepare you for, you know, you can have the best timeline in the world and a pandemic hits and throws all of that to shit. And then Mm -hmm. what do you do, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, but that said, I think there has to be a willingness to like roll up your sleeves and jump in, Mm -hmm. um, see how it turns out because more often than not, 
you are capable of so much more than you think you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got to be in it. Yes. To do it. You know, if you if you constantly are spending so much time analyzing, strategizing, planning, and you're not doing, uh, <laughs> yes. none of it none of it matters. You know, mm-hmm. the, the lessons really come from the doing. Um, and so, as soon as you can get to the doing. Um, I would encourage that. And if that means using your space as a canvas, which I pretty much did for, I don't know, six years or something, mm-hmm. um, then do that, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but definitely get to the doing faster. Is what yes. Yeah. That's great advice. Um, I've heard people in the past say things like work for somebody else first, where, mm-hmm. you know, that's not always everyone's path. So I don't think it's a right path per se, but I do, I think what you said was perfect and it made a lot of sense about the problem solving and, Mm -hmm. you know, being prepared for whatever may come because those are the things, like you said, who doesn't teach you Mm -hmm. and you have to go, you have to grow through it all. For sure. That's that's experience. There's just something mm -hmm. that can't replace experience. Mm -hmm. Period. Yes. Well, Claudia, you share it so much and drop so many gems today. I'm so I'm so glad we had this conversation. And um, I thank you for taking time out of your schedule. And I look forward to talking to you more personally, you know, going forward as well and having more good conversations. I agree, Kelly. Thank you so much. Like I said, it, I was so honored and humbled that you would ask. Um like a little old me, uh, but I, I really appreciate the platform. And I, I hope that what I shared, even if it just encouraged one person, um, then it was well worth the time. And, and that's what it's about. So thank you so, so much for giving me this space and opportunity. I'm very grateful. Oh, it was an honor for me to be able to have you on and share your story. So the honor is mine as well. And yes, I will talk soon. So go open your package. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> All, right. All right. Have a great day. All right. Have a great day, Kelly. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.